the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. When asked to describe ourselves or introduce ourselves, we oftentimes will use the very simple phrase, I am. I am Diane. I'm an associate pastor. I'm an amateur photographer. Each of those descriptions describes a little bit more about who I am. In the Gospel of John, Jesus uses the same phrase, I am, seven different times to describe himself. Over the past couple of weeks, we have looked at several of these statements already. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. Today, we look at the fourth of these great I am statements of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. Julia, I want to thank you so much for reading the scripture passage for us earlier today. The image of sheep and shepherds is certainly an Eastern or rural image, to be sure. Yet it is an image that we can say then that, that says a lot to us today, even in our urban and industrialized world. They speak about the importance of sound, good leadership. They help us to understand who Jesus is and what he wants us to do. Now, my grandfather was a farmer in Iowa. There were always lots of animals on the farm, which was really exciting for us kids. He raised cows and he raised pigs, no sheep. Grandma raised the chickens, and we would go there at least once a month for a weekend, and oftentimes as kids, we would spend an entire week there in the summer. All of this gave me lots of great opportunities to watch Grandpa. I can tell you, farmers work hard. And though some of the times of the year are definitely busier than other times, the planting, the harvesting, the butchering time, he was always, always busy. The animals required feeding twice a day on a regular basis, every single day, a.m., very early a.m., and again at the end of the day, every single day. There was no holidays. There was no vacation or days off for him. Well, actually, I can remember a couple of times where he did take a day off, but only if his neighbors were able to cover and feed the cattle and the pigs. The animals needed his watchful care, his constant care. During the day, the cows would graze in the meadow, but come evening, they would make their way back to the pen and in the wintertime to the barn. In addition, there were fields to be tilled and planted and harvesting and the tractors and the equipment that needed to be maintained throughout the year. Now, sometimes, sometimes Grandpa would let us kids help him to feed the pigs and the cows. And after he fed them, he would just sort of stand there sometimes and watch them, looking at them. I said it was fun to watch them eat. They were so noisy and the cows had such a big tongue. He said that he was doing a lot more than just watching how they were eating. He said they depended on him for safety. And so he counted them and he looked to make sure that none of them was injured or sick. He looked to see if any of them were pregnant and later if they were ready to give birth. He needed to know that they were safe 
in a safe place so that the calves or the piglets would be safe when they were birthed. Farming required his total attention of all of the details. There are a lot of similarities between being a farmer and a shepherd, yet there are a lot of differences also. To begin with, the area that Jesus spoke about, it was not the fertile soil of the Midwest. The hills, the desert area of Israel, they weren't the rolling hills that I grew up in. It was a desolate place. The bulk of the year, it was inhospitable to life. Water was scarce. Water, food was rare. Dangers were everywhere. Now, my grandpa, he could open the gate to the pastures and let the cows go and knew that they would be pretty, well, pretty much safe. But Israel, not that way. The land that the shepherds used, they contained steep and in, in eroded cliffs, and they would drop off a thousand feet. In the 23rd Psalm, we read that the shepherds can find water and food, safe paths and places of safety from danger. We also see something else very important about the shepherd is the fact that he leads me. The shepherd is leading the sheep. Now, in the cattle drives that we grew up seeing on TV in the West, the ranchers were always at the end of the, driving the cattle, pushing them forward. In that landscape, it worked for the cattle. But where Jesus was, it would not have worked well at all. Because of the scarcity of the food, the sheep needed constantly be on the move from place to place. And with the rough cliffs, the steep cliffs, the sheep could easily get in trouble. Not because they were dumb, as I always thought. Here is where we learn something very, very interesting about their eyesight. Sheep have excellent peripheral vision. Now think about when you go to the doctor, and the doctor always starts with his hands out here or her hands out here and says, let me know when you see them. They are checking your peripheral vision, asking you, testing to make sure that, that you, where you can see on the side. Now, sheep would have passed that with flying colors. They can see far on either side without turning their heads. The problem is they have difficulty looking in front of them. They cannot see what is directly in front of them. Now, I want you to take your hands for just a moment and place them six inches or so in front of your face. What's that like? How well can you see where you're going? Sheep would often stray from the path to get to a better, a better look or because they were curious because they couldn't see it if they were looking straight ahead. Another thing about sheep is the fact that they are natural followers. It's in part because of their herd instinct. When you combine that instinct with the following of their eyes, not allowing them to see what is directly in front of them, it is so easy to see why an entire herd could literally walk off a cliff, one right after another. That is why it is important that the shepherd is out front and not at the very, very back not driving them forward, but the shepherd needs to be out front, literally being the eyes of and for the sheep, leading them away from danger 
leading them to a safe place, leading them to food and water and rest and safety, not into harm's way. And remember that sheep are biologically, physically defenseless. And so we begin to understand why a shepherd plays such a critical role in the safety and care of the herd. But there's more. Being a shepherd requires much, much more than just taking a little walk in the hills with a little flock of sheep following very, very quietly behind. They needed to know where they could find the water as well as safety at night. Those were the sheep pens that Craig talked about last week. The shepherd also carried with them and had tools and skills that they learned in their life as they grew. They carried and were skilled with using slingshots. Remember how David brought down the giant Philistine along with just a few small rocks when he skillfully executed his slingshot? They also carried with them a four or five foot wooden staff, which was much more than just a walking stick. It was a defense weapon used against any kind of wild animal, whether it was a wolf or a lion, anything, or robbers or thieves, anything that would come seeking to attack the flock. Shepherds were skilled and they were courageous. When Jesus used the illustration of being a shepherd, it was intentional. It was very, very pointed. A lot was said without having to specifically say it because their culture knew so much about shepherds and sheep. Shepherds were a big part of the Old Testament tradition. They were the major occupation of the, of the majority of people around them. Moses and David were perhaps the most famous of the shepherds. When Jesus spoke of the shepherds, folks knew what the shepherd was, and more specifically, they had more than just a picture in their mind. They had the ideas of what was expected. They knew and understood what the shepherd did. They were surrounded with them, part of their everyday world, and they, would, they could be seen on the hillsides, and they understood the shepherds. They understood the sheep very, very well because they were part of their daily living. In John 10, 14, it tells us another interesting dynamic between the shepherd and his sheep. The shepherd has knowledge of the sheep, and they're not just talking about, oh, they know the facts, they know their eyesight, they know about where to find the water, they know what they need to eat. The word is talking about a relationship of trust and intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep. At the end of the day, my grandpa could go home into his own house where it was warm and he could sleep in the comfort of his own bed. But shepherds, they were on duty 24-7, eating, sleeping, talking, singing, playing an instrument to help pass the time as they watched over their sheep. The sheep became used to their voice of the shepherd and they recognized it. Now, several flocks could be brought together at night in one pen, and very easily the next morning, just by the voice of the shepherd, they could be separated again. There's an amazing story that is told about when an, an occupying army 
rounded up all the sheep from the area and put them into one pen. A young boy came to plead if he could have his sheep back. That was the livelihood of their family. The officer laughed at him and looked at the pen full of sheep and at the boy, and he said, if you can tell me which ones are yours, you can have them. And the boy pulled out his flute, and he began to play. Immediately, all around the pen, a head would poke up here and there and elsewhere, all around the pen, but not every head would pop up. And then those sheep began to move toward the boy, toward the gate. They knew his voice. He didn't have to pick them out. They were used to hearing his voice. Now notice that Jesus, in the passage that was read, didn't say, I am the shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. Because again, there is a big, big difference between a good shepherd and a hireling. Folks knew that. They knew the implications. The good shepherd would never throw a lamb to an attacking animal, even if it meant saving the entire flock. A good shepherd values each and every single lamb in his care. And in times of danger, he would try to find the nearest sheep pen or a place of safety, and then he would place himself between the sheep and the attacker or the danger. The shepherd, the good shepherd, is willing to not only take that risk, but to lay down his life for the sheep in his care, if need be. But in verse 12, we read that the hireling was not necessarily a bad guy. Well, we don't read that, but in verse 12, we read about the hireling. He wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't a thief. He wasn't a robber. He wasn't bent on trying to destroy the sheep. He would guide them out into the pasture and to graze them, and maybe he would actually enjoy what he was doing. He'd put in his time. But the hireling would not endanger himself for the flock. When danger came, he would, uh, he, his concern was more for his own safety, more for what was in it for him than it was for the sheep. His main concern was for the pay that he got, the rewards that he got. He wasn't willing to put himself in any harm's way for any any sheep at all. His own self-interest, his own self-preservation, they came first. He doesn't care about the sheep, really. He flees at the sign of danger. The hired hand deserts, leaving the sheep the lambs, to become easy prey and victims of their enemies. In contrast, the good shepherd would not let that flock get themselves into danger or trouble to begin with. The good shepherd will lead them away from danger, anticipating it, never into harm's way, not into the middle of danger, not even to the very edge of where they might find danger. The good shepherd would do anything and everything and would do whatever it took to keep his flock safe from harm. The good shepherd would be in front, placing himself as that shield. The danger, whatever it was, could not get past him to to harm his sheep. 
The good shepherd stands ready to sacrifice a total self for the sake of his care. Thinking about the safety of his flock first and always, one of, that is one of the biggest differences between a good and a bad shepherd. It is all about attitude. I recently heard of a story of a father and a daughter who had gone hiking out in the, in the west in some of the mountains, and the daughter was in the lead. The father suddenly realized that there was this big rock or boulder that had broken loose above them and was coming toward them, toward his daughter. Without hesitation, without a second thought, without thinking about himself, he pushes his daughter out of the way to safety while that boulder begins to push him farther and farther down the hillside, eventually rolling over him, breaking a number of bones. The father definitely was not a hireling. He was to protect his daughter. Now, you might be saying by this time, that's a great story about sheep. That's a wonderful story about shepherds. I've really enjoyed learning about that or some of that, learning about their relationships together. But what does that have to do with us? After all, I haven't seen shepherds on the hills around here uh, grazing with their sheep. And you say, I have absolutely no intention of being a shepherd. And yet Jesus often uses shepherding as a metaphor to describe leadership and indeed for everyday life. So what can it say to us today? In truth, we are shepherds. When you really stop to think about it, each and every one of us is a shepherd. If you are a parent, you're a shepherd. If you're a teacher, you are a shepherd. If you are a boss, you are a shepherd. If you are a friend, you are a shepherd. If you are fill in the blank, you are a shepherd. I invite you to think about two or three good, really good leaders who, who come to your mind now. Maybe they're even the greatest leaders you can even think of. It could be somebody in history or it could be somebody that is currently living. It could be somebody famous or it could be somebody that only you know. Think about their qualities, their characteristics, the reasons why they are a good or a great leader. Now, think about two or three bad leaders, maybe even the worst that you can think of. Why did you pick them? What are the characteristics that stand out about them? Mother Teresa is someone who came to me when I think about a really good leader. How many thousands, millions of people did she have a positive inspiration for or an impact because of her selfless giving, the service of the poor to the poorest of the poor and to the destitute and those that were dying in the slums of India? She gave, and she gave, and she gave. She dedicated her life to caring for them without counting the personal cost. 
Compare that now to the death and the destruction left in the wake of Hitler. Millions killed. Millions others left with scars and suffering for a lifetime. He was a very charismatic leader. He was a wonderful speaker. He could inspire his troops and the masses and get them all stirred up. And yet, his focus was to build his own empire, not to help the people, other than the ones he wanted to help. The question, my brothers and sisters, for each and every one of us today becomes, what kind of a shepherd am I? Do we, do I recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd? Or has it gotten muffled in the midst of all of the noise that is around us every day? Sadly, many will turn to any kind of shepherd offering a way out, any and all new voices that come, making a claim of a better way. Is the voice that you are listening to that of a hireling, a false shepherd, someone who thinks more of himself or herself? What is in it for her or for him more so than the health and the safety of the flock? Whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening above all uh, are you listening above all to the voice and the guidance of Christ the greatest shepherd Think back for a moment of this past week or this past month or longer Which voice did you give your attention to Where did you place most of your time and your energy And once you are recognizing whose voice it is that you're listening to, am I really listening? Am I really, really listening? Am I listening to the voice of the good shepherd or am I choosing to ignore and do it my own way? I remember as a kid, we would be out playing and mom would call us to come inside for dinner. Now, we might hear her. But there were times when we chose to ignore her and continue to play because we wanted to do it our way. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Are you listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd? Then, is your voice, is that one of attraction Or is your voice one of distraction? Oftentimes we think or we realize, uh, or we don't oftentimes think or realize about the importance of our own influence that we might have over others. Each and every single one of us is a leader. Each of us has a voice. How often do we think about who is listening to our voice? Does our voice, what we are saying, say the same things that Christ, the good shepherd, is saying? The same thing that Christ has been saying throughout history and throughout scripture. 
Is your voice drawing people to Jesus or is your voice turning others away from him? Think about all that has happened in these past weeks. All that has happened in these past months. A lot of words have been said, typed, posted. Sadly, not all of them are kind. Not all of them are attractive. Some of them are very mean and divisive. Personal reflection. This past year, I've been focusing on my own health, my diet, and my prayer life. I've always struggled with my diet and with my weight. And this past year, I learned, or perhaps I relearned, that each day is a new day, a restart day. I don't have to wait until Monday anymore to start my diet or restart it. I don't have to wait until Sunday to start or restart my prayer life. Every day is a new day, a restart day. When I mess up, oh, and I mess up, each day is a new day, a restart day. Somebody that is working through and with addictions would say one day at a time. Today is a new day, a restart day for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday or the day before or the day before that. What matters is today. Am I listening? Are you listening? Trying to emulate and copy the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is honorable, is intrinsically good. The Good Shepherd is a guide who can completely be trusted as we follow. They have confidence. A Good Shepherd has confidence, but yet they are not arrogant. They have integrity, and yet they have humility. Am I trying to follow the examples that Jesus has set? The Good Shepherd in my words in my actions, in my deeds. Each of us has a choice of the type of shepherd or leader we will bring, the leader we will be, the leadership we will bring, and how we will demonstrate that to people around us, whether we are parents or friends, co-workers, all of us. Each and every one of us, as we go forward, we have a choice of how we will choose to act. Will I be a good leader and put aside my own personal thoughts and gains and desires? Will I demonstrate good leadership, willing to sacrifice for unity and for the flock and the good of all? Each day is a new day a restart day. Each day, you and I have a choice of who we will be, whose voice we will follow, what kind of a leader we will be. Each of us answers only for ourselves. What is the power of your example to others?
your words, your actions will show the kind of leader that you choose to be and will show and demonstrate who you choose to follow. Amen.